Ballroom Network, the following program is intended for all audiences. Welcome to the South Burbs Hitmen Podcast with your hosts, Joe Mandel, Stephen Zim Zimmerman, Vinny Parisi, and Chris Gonzalez. We're bringing you the White Sox coverage you need from the perspective of true Southsiders. Grab your Kaminsky dog with an ice cold beer and meet us at section 155. Everyone get on your feet for your South Burbs Hitmen. That ball hit deep. Way back. You can put it on the board. Yes. Jimenez in the air. Left field. He's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. Over the head of Jenks. Uribe charges close. Out! And the White Sox have won the World Series. Alexei! Yes! 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 History! A perfect game by Mark Burley and what an unbelievable, unbelievable play by 21. Pitch starts now. All right. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to South Burbs Hitman. I am your host, Joe Mandel. I'm joined by my White Sox brother in arms, Stephen Zim Zimmerman, Vinny Parisi, and our buddy Chris Gonzalez can't be with us tonight, but we're here to talk White Sox baseball with you. Uh, we have a very special guest coming on the show in just a second. Uh, but before we do, gents, quick thoughts. Tough news about Lance Lynn, what we were calling the lingerie, uh, out four to six weeks. You know, Vinny, what are your thoughts on it real quick? Yeah, not not good. I mean, when Lance Lynn is in the rotation and you have Lucas Giolito, Dylan Cease, and Michael Kopech, four guys out of a five-man rotation that you trust. I mean, I trust all those guys. Some people might have their questions about Kopech and his injury, you know, history with the Tommy John and the innings limit, but I love this rotation when it's healthy. So missing Lynn, it's tough, but tread water until mid-May, and hopefully that means Lance Lynn doesn't run out of gas by, you know, October. Maybe he's a little more fresh and ready to go by the end of the season. So, you know, there's pros and there's cons to it all. As long as he comes back to the Lance Lynn that we know and love, I think it'll be a good thing. Absolutely. Real quick, Zim. How are you feeling about Lance Lynn? And then we will get to the guest of honor. Yeah, it's uh, it's a bummer. Uh, we all expect it. I mean, this was our opening day starter. So uh, that's that's a big hit. It's a big blow. This is the ace of the staff. Um, and especially with Garrett Crochet going down as well, you know, it just makes that entire pitching staff a little more thin. Um, you know, injuries are what bit us last year. It's tough to see him hitting already so early, but because they hit last year, you know, this team is prepared to deal with it. They know it's next man up, uh, you know, to use the term, the cliche, but you know, they, they can do a four man rotation with a, with a opener rather than a starter in, in game five. So they've experienced it. They'll weather it. And in four to eight weeks, they'll just be that much better for it. That's right, man. Let's just get them healthy now. That's the important thing. So at the end of the day, that's the main thing that matters here, but you know, I got a. We have a special guest joining our show. You can see some of her highlight reel here on the right. But you know and love her as your stadium host for the Chicago White Sox. Uh, she also covers the Bulls for 670 The Score. 
help me welcome our very special guest and friend of the show, the first three-time visitor, Alyssa Bergamini. Alyssa, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, guys. You always make me feel so welcomed, and you put that nice resume reel up there. So you guys are kind of like my agents here, too. I really appreciate it. <laughs> hey, no problem. We, we, we love to advocate for you. We love what you're doing at the ballpark. It's always a ton of fun. You know, we're just so excited to have you on the show. You know, baseball season is in pretty much in full swing starting up on Friday. They're not home until next week, but, you know, we'll get baseball any way we can at this point. But uh, I got to say, you know, this season you also started as a sports betting broadcaster for another Jerry Reinsdorf-owned team, the Chicago Bulls, for 670 to score. So how exciting has that been? Tell us a little bit about that. I just love working for Jerry's teams, obviously. Uh, sure. It has been so fun. I, of course, love being in studio. I love being in the stadium, but radio is an animal of its own. And I've realized that I really have uh, loved it so far. I love being at the United Center. I mean, it's just been electric so far this season for me. I started just in March. So I um, unfortunately have worked a little bit more of the losing games than the winning games. But, you know, hopefully the playoffs will be a different story. And uh, it's, it's been so fun so far. But, yes, excited for baseball, of course. I am happy that opening day did get pushed back because it would have been this past Thursday, the 31st, and it was snowing here in Chicago. So I think the baseball gods were on our side this opening day this season. Yeah. You know, who's to say there might not be snow next week, though? You never know. In April, we're not going to put that out there, but you're, <laughs> Joe, you are definitely right there. Hey, my, my, my first not. opening day I went to as a fan, I worked at the park my whole life. And then my first opening day as a fan, I sat there in the snow. So, you know, it's uh, it's it's baseball tradition here in Chicago. It's got to be cold really, in April. It really is. Yeah. It's basically being, you know, christened into the Chicago sports scene here. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. And you know, there's a ton of buzz around this team this year and, you know, fans are excited to get back to the park. You know, do you have any new tidbits on anything that fans might be seeing at the park this season? Uh, any promotional nights that you're personally excited for? I feel like, and I'm not just saying this because I work for the team, but I, I do go to a lot of different baseball stadiums, but White Sox definitely spoils their fans in terms of promotional gear. I mean, even just walking around the city of Chicago, I could spot someone a mile away wearing you know, the Hawaiian shirt or, uh, you know, one of the free hoodies. So um, just looking into, you know, the first home set. There we go, the Hawaiian one. That's that's coming up. Um, just looking into April opening day, the first uh, 20,000 fans get the um, American League Central 2021 pennant. So something you could hang in your garage, hang in your room. Um, yeah. April 16th, which is that Saturday of the first home stand, the Liam Hendricks bobblehead. There you go. Look at you guys. You're always, you know, right up to date with everything here. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's such a great bobblehead. How could you go wrong with that? And I know the lines are going to be crazy. So, oh, for sure. You know, my only advice, and it's easier said than done, is get to the ballpark early. You know, I, I know it could be difficult with kids. You know, they're running around. You got to get them in the car seats. Um, but I wish I had bobbleheads to give everyone. I'm not even passing them out, but. Uh, that is, you know, a great promotion that is happening in April. I'm personally excited for, if you guys notice the balloons, uh, yeah. this is <laughs> from my lovely roommate, who is my sister. She set up for my birthday. My birthday is not until April 30th. So end of the month, I will be working the White Sox game. I requested to work this game. Um, and that is the White Sox hockey jersey. 
So you cannot go wrong with that either. I mean, you could wear that if you were in a Blackhawks game or just, you know, winters here in Chicago. Look at you guys. Got it up already. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's swaggy. That's something that it I is swaggy. Wait, I would wait in a, a long line for. So um, you know, that's April and then May 1st. So that's Sunday right after the 30th is the crew neck, just a, a gray white socks crew neck. Again, like we just are great about giving this apparel that we could wear to these games and they're smart with knowing that in April, it's going to be chilly. So, yes. you know, we're not giving away some tank tops here. Um, and then I could go on and on. I mean, May 14th, I'm, I'm looking at this so I get it all right. Um, the Tim Anderson bobblehead from the Field of Dreams game. There you go. Another one that I think <laughs> that that might be a really busy game. I mean, oh, it's going to be huge. I've noticed. Yes. A lot of the games have been more crowded than usual, but once the kids are out of school and it's May, it's June, July, even August, simple insanity. I mean, I get to the ballpark two hours prior. And last year, I had to go a little bit earlier because y'all were taking all the parking spots. It's so true. I had I had difficulty parking to get to my own job in the stadium. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I I've been leaving earlier and you know, that's not really a bad problem to have, but I also am always jealous when I see everyone tailgating and I'm like, that burger and beer looks fabulous, but I got to go inside to work. So you guys are great yeah. about being at the games early. And I know you guys want all the, the promotional gear, the bobbleheads, and I don't blame you a bit because I'm also a hoarder of the promotional gear. It's at this point out of hand, but I'm not complaining. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at, at a certain point, you just got to keep collecting it and it goes in a box, but you got to have it. I'm the I same way. So. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but, so. uh, you know, you, you mentioned that the Sox do a great job having, you know, creative themed nights at the ballpark. You know, you've got mullet night, you've got a million Elvis night. You know, what's your favorite out of out of all the gamuts? Like, you've been through a bunch of them, so right. are, you can even give us a top two. <laughs> I get this question a lot, and, and truthfully, I do – I enjoy them equally in a sense. Um, when I have to go above and beyond and dress up, I kind of like that. So say it's uh, country music night. I mean, that's fun. And, you know, there's always the post-game fireworks, especially it's a, if it's a Friday game. I, I really enjoy that. Um, my boss, Michael Gomez, shout out to him. He's the one that makes the playlist when you guys hear, you know, nice. the songs going on during the fireworks. So that is not just, you know, a casual hit play, let's go. He puts a lot of time and effort into that. Um, I've worked so many Star Wars games and I've, I've never really seen Star Wars, you know, from beginning to end. And I've dressed up as Ray multiple times. <laughs> you guys are very good about <laughs> having all this prepared. I'm laughing. Yep, you did our I homework. I still got that outfit. I've worn that uh, twice at White Sox and when I worked for the Chicago Wolves. Also a Star Wars theme night. And yes, I was Princess Rey again. Um, nice. So I don't think there's Star Wars this year. I did see there was Beatles night. So yeah. that will be fun. Great playlist. Um, even just, you know, Polish Heritage Night or Halfway to St. Patrick's. I know you just asked for two and I gave you five, but I'm just thinking off the top of my head, you know, all the ones that are fun to dress up as and, yeah. you know, give away, you know, different themed t-shirts, you know, whether it's the t-shirt toss from um, the Mazda of Orland Park Pride crew, you know, t different t-shirts there. So, um, yeah, and I feel like that doesn't, you know, 
the theme nights are more in the midst of summer, summer too. So it really sure. gives it that whole summer baseball feel. Awesome. Well, you know, getting into the nitty gritty of the baseball side of things now, you know, I got to ask, what's your prediction for this season? And bonus question, who leads the White Sox in RBI this season? Oh, just 162 wins, like right off the bat. Just, you know. Oh, nice. That's gonna be the I like it. <laughs> um, no, but I would, I would say, you know, I would love to have 95 wins. And it's so hard to predict these you know, wins and losses, and you don't want to get too much into the record. But um, obviously coming off of the heels of last year and getting the taste of, you know, the two playoff games, that was just simply incredible. It just, you know, obviously didn't turn out the way that we wanted it to. But I think for the players, for the fans, it gave it that taste that we were all looking for. Like, we can do this. And, of course, last year we were up against the Houston Asterix, and that was a little mm-hmm. rough. Um but of course, game three was thrilling and I've never felt energy like that before. So um, most RBIs, I just, I feel like Tim Anderson every year, I mean, it goes without being said, but he just surprises us year after year in the best way possible. Even listening to, you know, certain podcasts where Tony LaRusso was talking about how him and Tim are close, how they're, how they're friends, how they're boys, that even I think says a lot about just, you know, who he is as a person, as a player and how much he appreciates being on the South side. I mean, he has a a house here in Illinois and really is ingrained in the community and, you know, through and through is a great guy. It's fun to be around. It's fun to watch. Um, Unfortunately, we won't get to watch him for those first two games, but I know that the third game, it'll be good. Oh yeah. No, he'll be back. I mean, Let's be honest. We need him towards the end of the season. Even two, yeah, it's okay. Maybe, the first two, it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> we're just playing the Tigers. You know, right, fine. just the Tigers. Just, just right. <laughs> and no he'll be playing there. when he's at the home opener, so he'll right. be ready to go by then. That's the important that's what, thing. That's what really matters, yeah. Um, and back to the home opener, I personally have missed the, um, I don't want to call it the wrong sponsor, but the drive around with the cars introducing the players, so. I know that will be back in action. Obviously, last year we didn't get to, you know, have the the full 100% capacity. The year before, nothing at all. So last time was really in 2019. So that'll be fun to have that back. Absolutely, we're we're very much looking forward to it. Can't wait to to get to the South Side for a home game. Yes. I'll toss you over the fence to my co-host Stephen Zim Zimmerman. Zim, take it away with your questions, my friend. Okay, I can do that. Hello, how are you tonight? Hi, I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I am just shaking off the awkward. It's the first show of the season for me, so oh, you know. No, I feel no awkwardness from you guys, so you're doing fabulous. Hey, Joe's on his game. I I can't I can't stop <laughs> so much for myself. But. <laughs> well. All right. So you just like, you gave some predictions, but like, I want to know where you're oh, at man. with this year. Like, what's the point where you're like, okay, I'm happy with that. Like it might not, you know, it might not end the way we want it to, right? We all want it to end with the world series, but where's the point where like, you're happy with how this season wraps up. Making it farther than we did last year. I mean, that was kind of such a sting too. You know, like I, like I was just mentioning, you got, you got a taste of it, but we didn't really even make it or we didn't make it to the the round after. So obviously the goal is the World Series. I mean, I can't even imagine working a World Series game. I would lose my mind in the best way possible. So yes, World Series. 
And I do think that can happen. And if any year it's going to be this year, um, I, I, it is unfortunate that everything was a little bit pushed back and because of, you know, 2020, not playing full season and then, you know, getting really bit with the injury bug here and there. So, um, I loved what you guys said. What is the term that you use for Lance Lynn? Lingerie. 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 Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty funny. So, you know, we're starting out a little bit with that, but uh, you know, that's not going to be too long. So let's just hope that for now, that's really the only one. So really to answer your question, make it way farther than we did last year, way more playoff games, way more home wins. Um, I do feel like this past season, you know, you felt the energy a lot. You, you felt that the team wanted it. And I think, you know, just coming off of that year, it's going to be just yeah. an amazing season as well. Cool. No, I'm totally with you. Like the two games, you're absolutely right. It was, it was just a tease. It wasn't enough. Yeah. Like we it need wasn't. more of that, but like, yeah. So, okay. So MLB.com seems to agree with us that like, we should have high hopes for this team. Right. So right. they're third in the power rankings. Do you think that's appropriate? Do you think they're overhyped a little bit right now? What with, you know, the way they finished last season, do you think they should be higher than three? You know, the blue Jays are ahead of them, even in their mm. own league. Like, where do you think they should be? And like, you know, do you think they're being fairly evaluated by the rest of the world right now? I think we have been the underdogs for so long. I mean, you guys know ESPN forgets about including White Sox in their graphics here and there. So now that they're taking notice <laughs> to us, it's, it's kind of nice being in that number three spot. Because if you are, you know, number two or one, that's a little bit hyping it up too much. And obviously, I, you know, I'm a huge White Sox fan. I want them to be number one or two, but um, it, it is so hard to tell. It is such a long season. So I think once the season starts, then we will have a little bit of a better understanding. But I like that number three spot. That doesn't sound too terrible to me. And like I said, we've, we have been the underdogs. We're not as much the underdogs, but still a little bit left behind. Still the, you know, the little brother here and there. Yeah, I feel it. Like, I really do. That that third spot, you're absolutely right. Like, it gives you that bit to reach for without feeling like you're at the summit, but, like, people right. aren't sleeping on you at the same time. Like, right. it's, it's just, it's it's hard for me to, to see it because, you know, the Sox haven't been good since I was in middle school for what it feels like, you know? Yeah, so. yep, yep. Um, I think even I, I was maybe MLB Network, Um it, I think White Sox to win the World Series is like 21 to one odds. Like it, it was like that, like number eight spot. I'm like, okay, at least we're on the list. You know, I, I'm, I think again, like I've worked, I worked for the organization since 2013. So I've worked more losing record seasons than winning. Right. So anytime I see us anywhere, I'm still like, oh, that's us. That's our team. That's the White Sox. So I'm just, you know, being in the conversation is one thing and then you know really living up to the hype is another yeah for sure so okay well okay here you go living up to the hype the this current rotation right so we have our guaranteed take that we do at the end of the show every night and i want to i want to okay. present it to you this week the white Sox are going to win the world series with this current pitching rotation true or false do they have what they need do you think they need to add an arm well, it's hard now with the Lance injury. Exactly. 
<laughs> you can borrow that. It's cool. Dang it. <laughs> I love it. Um, I'm happy Michael Kopech is back in the uh, starting rotation. It's been some time. I mean, we saw his MLB debut. Uh, I'm sorry, his White Sox debut in 2018. Didn't, you know, played, what was it, maybe two games. Um, so I think with him being in the rotation, uh, that'll make a difference and definitely a spot that he wants to be in, hopefully. Um, you know, Lucas Gilito, he's got the nitty gritty. He's he's all for it. I'm happy he's the, you know, the starting man for um, – Friday's game. I have to think about what day of the week it is. I'm right. just, I'm, I'm, my head is on next Tuesday, the home opener. I'm like April 12th. That's really what I, <laughs> that's what I'm looking forward to. So um, I think this is the strongest rotation that we've seen in a very, very long time. Um, I'm happy with it. I'm, I have no complaints. Uh, obviously Lance Lynn being in it would make it, you know, way stronger, really where we'd want to be, but um, he'll be back. So did I answer your question? <laughs> I mean, I just, I just can rambled they, a little. Can they win the World Series with these five guys? Hey, why not? Let's say yeah. Okay. Speaking I like it. There. there you go. I just, why the heck not? Personally, go home. I liked Carlos Rodon a lot, and it's tough to see him go. So, you know, yeah. I'm curious as to other people's thoughts on the whole thing, but that's all I, I, I got. I liked him too. He, he made me a little nervous here and there. Um, Obviously, yeah, it was fabulous. Too. Yeah, it, I it was always really watching with like one eye open a little bit. I mean, obviously, great pitcher. Uh, you know, April the the no hitter. Uh, that was. I yeah, feel like that was special. you know, v- yeah, very you know, very much time for him for that to happen. Um, but I feel like when it was later in the season, especially with you know him having previous injuries, he made me a little bit on edge. I didn't sure. feel one hundred percent confident. Sure. And he had that whole period at the end where like all of his numbers started to dip and it was like, yeah, well, his arm was going to yeah. fall off. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that's everything I've got tonight. I'm going to let Vinny take it from here. Thank you very much for answering well, all you, of Steven. my rambling questions. I love it. I'm the rambler here. <laughs> Well, besides me, they tell me I ramble way too much. So that's why yeah, I was just he's the there. rambler. I was just sitting there quiet. I was being a good boy this whole time. Vin- Alyssa, thank you so Vin- much for coming on. Thank you. Are you Italian? Yeah, hundred percent. I'm Italian too. This is why we're the ramblers. Yeah, we just talk to they. They got to keep. <laughs> I us mean, in you check. can't really see my hands, but I've been moving them around a lot. Yeah, I'm I, them I, low. I move my hands when I'm listening. Even like it's a problem. Yes, yes. The I hype around white talk. The hype around the White Sox this year is at an all-time high. After the way last year ended, though, are you expecting mm-hmm. the crowds to be a little more rambunctious this year? Have they told you anything, you know, um, the, the team telling you, like, you're going to have a crowd to deal with this year? Like, what, what are your thoughts on that whole thing? Well, let me tell you, the crowd was very rambunctious last season. More than I've ever experienced, and I think it's yep. because we're all coming off of – being locked inside for so long. I mean, I'm happy that everyone was happy to be there. And uh, the drinks are definitely definitely flowing on uh, the fans' side of things. Um, you know, when you're working, I, you can notice things a little bit more with <laughs> the silver one. So it was never a dull moment last year. And I'm expecting the same from everyone this year. Um, I'm obviously biased as well, but I feel like the in-game entertainment, just the, the hype music, there is going to be a DJ now that is located uh, near section 108. Um, thankfully he's closed off a little bit. So people can't go up to him like you're at a wedding, like play this song. But 
uh, there's going to be, you know, a, a DJ for I'm pretty sure majority of the games, if not all the games. So yeah, I'm expecting, uh, like I said, long lines to get in the ballpark, me getting to the ballpark early to make sure I have a parking spot, um, running through everyone on the concourse, which if anyone sees me and I'm running and I, I don't stop and say, hi, I'm not being rude. I really, <laughs> I always have to get, to one part of the ballpark all the way to the other within three outs. And we know how that can be in baseball. It could be very, very long or very, very short. So I'm just the crazy girl running around, getting through the crowd. Don't mind it a bit though, because that means that the ballpark is full. People are happy. People are having fun. Um, so I, I welcome the craziness. I'm here for it. Just don't, don't get in my live shot and say something silly. That's going to get me in trouble. <laughs> Let's not do that. Literally. I'm crazy too, so I can't wait to be running around the ballpark. I'm so excited, especially since a majority of the winter, in fact, 99 days of the winter, we thought there was going to be no baseball at all. And right. I know you're as big of a baseball fan as I am and everybody listening to this show. It had to be scary for you. Um, summertime shy needs baseball to be like in the mix. There's, you know, Absolutely. everything we do that comes with the summertime, like 4th of July, you know, going to the beach and going to whatever baseball team you prefer in Chicago. For us, it's the White Sox. So I got to ask you, what's your what was your reaction to the lockout ending? And what does it mean for you to have baseball as part of your summertime experience living here? Two great questions. I mean, I didn't look too much into the lockout until it became an issue. I mean, when it was December, I, I don't like to stress about things that I can't control. They're, I'm not the one. We're not the ones, you know in those meetings, making the decision. So it's really hard to, you know, get too upset about something that we can't control. So, you know, with that, take it a day at a time. And then it got a little bit scary when everything got closer and then you're, you know, reading this and that on, on Twitter and, you know, on the news. Um, like I said, I think everything really worked out and I'm really basing this off of <laughs> weather as well. Uh, the fact that it really only got pushed back what a, a week uh a, a week, week and yeah. a day yeah. yeah so um and yeah for me i mean yes this is my career and a job but it is part of you know who i am in terms of yes summertime chicago but even just from april to october i feel like i'm just the best version of myself when i'm at the ballpark it makes me the happiest i enjoy everyone i work with i mean i go to work and you know you, it's like being at a party every day. So I'm like, yes, I, I, I need this party every day. Uh, nothing was worse than 2020. I mean, that just was terrible times, terrible times. Don't want to relive that. Um, even last year, I couldn't go back until June 3rd because of capacity. So uh, even, you know, cut short last year, I still went to a ton of games beforehand. I was like, you know, if I can't be here working, I'm going to still support my team still enjoy get as many hot dogs as I can. So yeah, it's, it feels like October was a while ago, but also, you know, not too far in the same sense. Uh, so I, you know, I, I'm happy that we get to all really pick up where we left off getting back into the swing of things. I love opening day. Um, hopefully we're doing, you know, some hits maybe on WGN for the morning show prior. Uh, I love being there literally all day. I've, I've worked opening days before where they're like, can you be at the ballpark at 4 a.m.? And then, yeah, work in the game. So it's just, uh, it's the best day. For me, it's better than Christmas, you know, Christmas Eve, 
Love all that too, but love opening day the most. <laughs> yeah, I love it all too. I'm right there with you. Um, there was a lot of big news that went on in the MLB over the offseason. Max Scherzer went to the Mets and Saya Suzuki chose the Cubs and Semyon went to the Rangers. But the biggest news of the offseason was the fact that the Goose Island is no longer part of guaranteed <laughs> Rayfield's outfield experience. In fact, it's going to be or instead, it's going to be great tasting, less filling, Miller Lite. I need to know what Alyssa Bergamini thinks of that. Well, I am happy just with whatever people are happy with. Um, I obviously love Goose Island. I love Miller Lattes. I love that people enjoy just drinking beer at the ballpark. So I'm, you know, the Goose, it's not like I was hanging out with the Goose at all these games. And it's not like the Goose was talking back to us and we lost some <laughs> friend here. So we could still, <laughs> you guys could still get Goose Island elsewhere. Um, the Craft Cave, now the Craft Lodge. That is a place that I don't feel like people know enough about. It is awesome down there. It has, you know, over 75 craft beers. You just open the fridge. You pick what you want. They have, um, you know, a full service bar where you can get anything you want. They have, you know, gourmet food down there. I mean, that's another thing about the ballpark. They just have the best food. Um, so, yeah, not super bummed about the goose. I love, like I said, Goose Island. I'll, you know, buy some when I'm out, have some here at my apartment. But for me personally, it just affects what I'm saying. So, um, exactly. not going to be saying the Goose Island as much. And uh, well, hey, what a lot of people okay. don't know, Alyssa, is that Miller owns Lining Google, which means Summer Shandy will be back in the park. Yes. Summer That's Shandy right. is a, a great That's beer that I feel like, big time. especially at a baseball game, that would be my go to, I think. And Miller Lite in the summer when it's a thousand degrees and it just goes down like water. That's nice. And you, yeah. you brought up the craft cave. It's called really. the craft lodge now. Yes. Um, okay, that's cool. Just because I think going along with um, Miller Lite, that might I think an, maybe that they might they be just an exclusive. Yeah, I think for sure. uh, I think Brooks Boyer beat me to that. He was on. Ah, he was on this. I missed floor. that one. I'll, I'll give you an exclusive that will be there. Is Rainbow oh. Cone. Oh, rainbow cone. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I'm sure maybe that's out there. If not, I mean, it's ice cream. <laughs> I, I'm going to promote that rainbow cone will be there. That's um, incredible. I'm assuming in the outfield would be my educated guess. I don't exactly know. Um, but yeah, I, I think if you are from the Chicagoland area, you know what rainbow cone is. And if you don't, it is delicious ice cream that it's, ra it's rainbow. <laughs> rainbow oh, flavors. And all the flavors I'll of be, the rainbow. I'll yes. be sure to tell all my White Sox fan friends that Rainbow Cone is going to be at Guaranteed Ray Field this summer because I'm very excited about that. That's yes. exciting and news. You're right about not a lot of people knowing that the Craft Cave or Craft Lodge now existed. You know, yeah. right. I'm the freak that goes to 35 games a year. I'm a weirdo. But the people who go to like two or three a year, they don't know this stuff. Is there anything else besides yeah. the Craft Cave that you might like that maybe the – you know, the casual fan doesn't know to go to exclusively. Yeah. I also really like the, and this, this is the name right now, the revolution brewing sock social tap room. So that is in left field. You take the staircase right by section 157 and they have amazing seats out there. It's first come first serve. And in terms of um, you, you know, you go indoors, get your food, get your beverages. Uh, they always have a different menu too. So um even for me when I'm there and I, you know, don't eat dinner before I'll go there and they have a different menu, whether it's tacos or something with fried pickles. I mean, different things that are not on the concourse. So 
um, yeah, you get your food and drink inside and then they have, you know, seating overlooking the outfield and, um, it's a beautiful first come, view. First serve. Yeah. You yep, could see, first come, first serve. Yeah. You could see the, um, big screen. You could see, you know, a beautiful, you know, view of the ballpark. So, uh, I think, yeah, there's nothing just right in front of your face. And I feel like White Sox is a very, um, logical stadium where it's not like the other side of town where there are poles in front of your face uh, yeah. where you can't see, <laughs> you can't, cannot see the game. Um, there's really no wrong place to sit, in my opinion. I even 500, like I'll, I'll go up there sometimes, um, and it's a great view. I mean, you really get a bird's eye view of everyone, obviously, on the field and the big screen you cannot miss. Uh, yeah, that would be I, I my, my other tip. Yeah, I watch both playoff games from the 500 level after yeah. not sitting up there a single time in the regular season just because that's how ticket prices work. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. Joe introduced me to the revolution. Isn't that where the Frank Thomas uh, pinball the machine Frank is? Frank Thomas pinball machine, yep. yes. Yeah. I'm going to yes. steal it and, and uh, take it to my house. Yeah, and the, <laughs> and the big um, Jose Abreu bobblehead. Yep, yep, yep. That, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, so, and, and also over there, that's where if you – check in through the MLB ballpark app. Um, if you are the lucky one to win, you get the free swag of the day, not the promotions. Oh, there you go. There you go. I actually try to do it and I, I, I never get it. I never, I'm like, Oh, so I didn't get this. Okay. I'll go back to my job. I went with Vinny together. and it was an ugly yeah. hat and he liked yeah, it. I and I said, one. you could have it. You got one to the game we went to as well. I did too. We both did. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely That's lots cool. of hats. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, that whole area I really like up there. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on our show, Alyssa. I'm going to toss you right of back course. over to Joe so he could end it for yep. us. Yeah, no, I'll toss it back over to me. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface it with this. Is, is Alyssa did not ask us to do this, but oh, I'm no. going to go ahead and do it anyway. We're going to help pr promo Alyssa. She's got her own cameo. And we put a video so you can go and make your own cameo. So check this out. Hello, what's up, everyone? It's Alyssa Bergman here, host for your Chicago White Sox, as well as host on NBC Sports Chicago for High School Lights. So excited to be teaming up with Cameo, getting to interact with you all. If you're looking for a birthday shout out, a White Sox shout out, or maybe you want to send a message to a fan of that other team here in Chicago, I still got you covered. Let's have some fun and looking forward to getting to chat with you all. See ya. We, we had to <laughs> well, put that together you. for you. <laughs> I literally That's filmed awesome. that. I remember when I filmed that. I was just in my car and <laughs> I was like heading into a graduation party. I'm like, oh yeah, I got. I have to do this really quick. I should update that because now I got Chicago Bulls and maybe that's enticing to people too. So, um, but thanks guys. Yeah, I have, I've had like maybe like six people request me, which <laughs> it's good. I it's think good once enough. it gets put out there more, once it gets put out there more, people, you're, I mean, you're the in-game stadium host. People like will know and recognize you. They're going to, that's awesome for like a diehard White Sox fan that might not, you know, have anything yeah. else other than to have you make a they, deal for them. Like, pretty cool. much all White Sox fans when I think about it. So, um, yeah. yeah, I do love doing them. I, I feel like I haven't even done one in a while. So hit me up. I'll do a cameo. She's got five stars, there guys. Go. She's got five stars. Got, on, wow. On That's higher than my Uber rating. So I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but listen, it's, it's always a pleasure having you on the show. Um, you know, before we let you go, why don't you tell us a little bit what you got going on? Obviously, we know the ballpark's coming up, but what you got going on and 
uh, what you're looking forward to this season. Yeah, so actually really exciting this week. Um, at the Bulls game, it is White Sox night. So I will be emceeing the Bulls game um, with the Bulls MC Todd. So it'll be me and Todd. Uh, nice. I mean, the Bulls do amazing entertainment as well. I mean, they don't stop. So, um, you know, just throughout, you know, all four quarters, halftime, pregame, we'll be, you know, doing anything <laughs> that they ask me to do uh, in terms of Bulls entertainment. And then, um, yeah, opening day will be Tuesday. So um, look out for me there. I also have a new co-host, and I'm not going to steal his thunder, um, but I'm very excited for him. Um, it is a heat, and uh, he's going to be shadowing me in the beginning of some of the games. And then you will see him during, let me think what series that is, the Kansas City series, which is the Tuesday oh, thing. there you go. Tuesday through Thursday of April, yep, 26th through the 28th. So you'll see a new face in the ballpark. Um, yeah, he's got a lot of energy. He's from Orland Park. I'm from, Ooh. I grew up in Orland Park as well. Um, this is, we didn't just choose each other. Coincidence. Because we're, we're Orland Park people. <laughs> uh, we just both, you know, <laughs> love our careers and love the White Sox. So, very excited for him. Um, I'll be introducing him uh, at one of the games. So uh, look out for that as well. And in the meantime, hey, let's go White Sox. Let's start the uh, season out strong. Let's go. And, and make that. sure you put a little bug in his ear that he should come on South Burbs Hitman at some point. Once, oh, he you know. probably would love that. He's going to get a lot of requests now. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put his name in all the hats. Yeah, as soon as as soon as he gets his account up, we'll make sure we give him a follow, and that'll be one there of the first go. messages in his inbox. That's for there sure. There you go. I love, it. love um, it. So awesome, Melissa. Thank you. And and before you go, I know you gave us a great station ID last time, but you know we can't help but ask for another one going into 2022. So wondering if you could just put your own spin on it. You know, I'm Melissa Bergman, and you're wa and you're watching South Burbs Hitman. Something along those lines. You always do it fantastic. So. Um, I'll give you the full screen so we could use okay. this in the opening of our show at some point. Um, okay. But um, I can count you in whenever you're ready. And do you uh, guys, we'll I want to get the verbiage right. Do you, um, not a podcast, but do you refer to this more as like a, a broadcast? Um, what's, the, what's the right verbiage? I want to get it right for that's you. That's a great I question. A um, I call it a podcast, I, but I'm I done. guess we could say you're, you're, yeah, I guess we're a podcast. Okay, <laughs> we're, we're, show, we're a podcast. All right. Okay. So I'll count you in whenever you're ready. You ready? Okay. All right. Here we go. I'll count you in. Here we go. Three, two, one. What's up, White Sox fans? Alyssa Bergamini, your in-game host for your Chicago White Sox. And you're watching the best podcast on the south side of Chicago, South Burbs Hitman. Make sure you tune in. Oh, my gosh. It's the one take, Alyssa Bergamini. <laughs> the best of good? the best. The pros pro. Thank you so much for that. Thank and you always, as always, thank you for taking the time to hang out with us and talk White Sox. We cannot wait to see you at the ballpark opening day coming up a week from tomorrow. Go see Alyssa on the South side. And Alyssa, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, you guys. Are truly the best. You guys are the best. Back at you. And don't be shy. Say hi to me at the ballpark. Absolutely. Well, we sure will. Enjoy Alyssa, thank you so much and have All a great right. night. Bye, thank guys. You. you too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. The always amazing Alyssa Bergamini, ladies and gentlemen, the pros pro, the best of the best. As Travis says in the chat, thanks, Alyssa. You're one of my favorite guests. So full of positive energy. Hope to see you at the ballpark. It's the truth. 
She's just awesome. And uh, we, she gives us so much great time. And how, how about that for a station ID, boys? That was pretty fantastic, huh? That was a really good station ID. And telling us that Rainbow Cone is going to be at the field. Yes. Twitter's going to love that one. Yeah. Yeah, you have to put that out there, Vinny. You already did, oh. didn't you? Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. Did you uh, did you make sure to include your source on that one, sir? If you tell your sources, people won't believe you. Um. <laughs> and thanks to Travis in the chat for saying that we are the best damn sports show, period. We appreciate that, brother. Thank oh, you for joining great. us. Thank Always you. fun. And uh, man, I can't get over that. That was an awesome interview. I just didn't want it to end. 40 minutes of awesomeness. It felt like five. That's just how you know it's a good interview. Yeah. Yeah, it did feel was... like five minutes. Lots of Is great, there... great talk, great information, great inside scoops about the park this year. No pun it's intended. It's making me want to. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to let it sit, but now that you point it out, you know. <laughs> It's making it's making me want to make another trip out there. I gotta I gotta adjust the finances. I think. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey man, we will uh, we will certainly we will certainly go to a game with you if you come to town. I got I got a twenty game plan again, Zim. So we'll 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 make something work, or I'll just sell you my tickets because you know I got a kid now and I can't go to twenty games anymore. But you know I'll definitely be going to some games. I just don't know how many. <laughs> But anyway, boys, let's get back to where we were at the top of the show. Like we were hitting on the, the hot news. We talked about Lance injuries, the injury already. Um, but you know, let's dive into some of the other big news. You know, you could argue what the, the other big trade is, but I think we could probably all agree um, that it is the trade that sent Craig Kimbrell to the Dodgers. Collins? Oh, Craig. Oh, Kimbrell. right. Got it. Yeah. So, so, yes. The, the other, the other big name, but Craig Kimbrell <laughs> to the Dodgers. For one, AJ Pollock. Here's a highlight reel from 2021 of our boy AJ Pollock, and uh, he is the new right fielder for our Chicago White Sox. He, he hit almost 300 last year. Um, he's a he's a veteran, and you know the guy's got some wheels for an older guy. His tendency to get get injured, but when he is healthy, he's he's fantastic. So uh, how about that, gentlemen? You know, Zim, let's start with you. What are your thoughts on this trade? Yeah, he's going to fit in well on this team with, you know, his ability to get injured but play well when he's not injured. So let's just hope that, uh, you know, these guys take turns this year and the injuries don't pile up because um, I think he's going to fit in well. He's he's a hard-nosed kind of baseball player. He's just going to hustle his ass off every play. Um, he might not have a cannon out in the field, but, you know, he's going to make the right play. and And that's at least uh, what, what you can hope for, you know, guys like Cespedes or Puig who are known for big arms. Um, you know, they, they're also kind of boneheads at the same time. So I'd rather have a guy who's sure of mind and, and slight of body, I guess, than the other way around. Very true. I, I love it. Vinny, your thoughts on the trade. I'm just going to pretend that the white Sox traded Nick Madrigal and Cody Hoyer, for Paul, or, yeah, Pollock. That's a Pollock. great way to think of it. Um, Madrigal, he hit one of the three bombs he'll hit this year today. He wasted one, so good for him. Yeah. And Cody Against Hoyer's out team. for the year. And Cody Hoyer's out for the year. So there's that. Um, Craig Kimbrell, I want to kick Craig Kimbrell to work so bad because, you know, hindsight is a lot of the times 2020 when it comes to these bad trades. Um, 
you know, Fernando Tatis, he was 17 when they traded him. You know, we didn't know he was going to become the player that he became. He wasn't even a top heavy prospect like that. You know, he just became one. Um, you know, Craig Kimbrell at the time of the trade had a 0.49 ERA and was one of the best relievers in baseball. So at the time it was a good move. I don't think it definitely didn't work out. So I hope, I hope he has a bit of success in LA just because I like Craig Kimber. I don't want LA to do that good because they're like the favorite and everybody's going to root against them because everybody roots for the underdog all the time. But you know, if he had to go to a team to resurrect his career, just because I like Craig Kimbrell, the person and the pitcher, then yeah, go for it. I hope he succeeds, but I'm happy to have Pollock. He played 117 games last year. Obviously that's not quite what they need from, you know, what you would call an everyday right fielder. You'd like to see your everyday right fielder play 145 plus, but I think I would sign up for Pollock to play 117 games this year. I really, really would, especially if it includes 29 bombs, 60 RBIs and, you know, 70 uh, runs scored as, you know, similar to what his stats were last year. I watch this cannon, watch this cannon throw real quick. And he has an absolute cannon of an arm and you need that in right field. I would say the most important arm should go in right field. The most important ability to play defense belongs in center field, but you know, Robert has a really good arm. He, you know, it's hard. It's harder to judge balls in Arizona than it is in Chicago. From what I've heard, I've never played center field in either, you know, major league stadium. So it's not like, you know, I'm an expert on that, but I do believe it'll get easier for the outfield once they return to Chicago. And if it's Jimenez, Robert and Pollock in the outfield for the offense, that's going to be awesome. And then for the defense, Adam Engel as your fourth outfielder coming for Jimenez. Andrew Vaughn is there to play one of the outfield positions if needed. I, I would prefer not just because of injury and whatnot, but you know, he's an option. Um, Pollock makes the team deeper and the Craig Kimbrell trade. You accepted your losses with Madrigal and Hoyer. The White Sox would take back that trade if they could. But at the same time, at the moment, it was the right trade. I've said it before. I'll say it again. But adding Pollock to the lineup will probably hit, what, seventh? You'll have the big six. Probably. They're all healthy. He might hit a little higher. He might even lead off on opening day. Yeah, especially especially with him having the same handedness as Anderson. In games when Anderson's got the day off, he's an easy leadoff guy. Absolutely. I completely agree. And he was, you know, another thing that's not really as talked about with Pollock guys that I think needs to be noted when it comes to evaluating the team. Pollock was Los Angeles's best player in the playoffs last year. And they made it was clutch to the NLCS. He had big time home runs. He let off innings with bombs. I mean, this guy's, he's won a world series. Yeah. This guy got good playoff experience. And who on the White Sox? I mean, they're getting playoff experience. They've all played in playoff games now. We've seen what modern day guaranteed rate field looks like in the postseason. Now, yeah, but this is a winner. This is a guy who you can now insert exactly. into this lineup who he says, you know, you guys can get here, but let me tell you what it takes to get there. You know, yeah. and and he can say, guys, let's all get on this train. Let's go together and and be that leader in the clubhouse. Now, will he be? I don't know if that's his personality or not. We're going to find out. But yeah. yeah, just the fact that he has that is appealing. You know, it's it's uh, it's something we've seen in a lot of sports where they bring in a lot of guys who have sniffed it. And then they bring in that one or two guys who have gotten it and it just clicks and it works. And it's a mentality, you know. So, yep. And now the players on the roster that have won the World Series are Keuchel, um, Lynn, and Pollock. And all those guys, you know, Keuchel to a lesser degree because his performance isn't quite 
matching the rest of the guys. Sure. But sure. you have a leader on every aspect of the field. You have a leader right. in the outfield now with Pollock, with Jimenez and Robert being second and third, fourth year players. Um, pretty much the entire infield is young guys, except for Abreu and Harrison. And Harrison, you know, we'll see how much he actually plays if he platoons or if he plays it full time for now. But it's gonna be it's going to be a bumpy ride to start, I think, because everybody's getting used to things and it was a shorter spring training and pitchers are still trying to catch up. It's so evident when you watch spring training that the hitters are worlds yes. ahead of the pitchers yes. right now. Oh, yeah. Every single game is 15 to 10. Even even the guys who are going to be in AAA and AA two weeks from now are smacking home runs off of pitchers. Like I saw Rowan Wick. Rowan Wick isn't like an awesome Cubs reliever. But, you know, he's a Cubs reliever. He'll be on the major league roster. He's a major league arm. He's giving up bombs to guys who don't even have last names on their jerseys today. <laughs> like, you know, so take spring training with a grain of salt. But, you know, as far as this move with Pollock, I'm super stoked about it. And happy Andy Vaughn was able to return to the lineup this week. And he yeah. replaced Pollock in the lineup today because he was under the weather. But, you know, that's what I got on Yes. Long-winded answer. No, Just one – one thing to tack on to the end of it, as we were mentioning there, is just uh, Pollock, you know, brings experience out there that's also just years beyond the other guys. When you look at the ages of these guys that are in the outfield, you know, they're 26, 24, uh, 25, I think. I think those are the your three starters before he came in. We're 24, 25, and 26. You know, you throw sheets in there, and he's also like 26, 27. Now you got a guy who's aged you know, into his thirties, still a productive player in the league, a 300 hitter, who's really going to allow some of these guys to to develop their game a little bit. You know, he's working side by side with them on a daily basis that rubs off on you, whether you're actively coaching the guy next to you or mentoring, I should say the guy next to you or not, that kind of stuff rubs off on players. So you're going to see maybe a, a couple, you know, five, 10 points it rise up in Luis Roberts average, you know, and that's kind of scary to think about, but he's still a young ascending player. It's going to make the rest of that outfield that much better. Um, I like a lot of what Pollock brings to the plate. I, I, you know, I don't know much about him defensively, but what he brings to the plate is really appealing. The only uh, objection I have is that he's a righty, not a lefty. Every all off season, we were saying left-handed right fielder, left-handed right fielder. Unfortunately, we don't get that, but I think he checks off literally every other box he could. No doubt about it, man. I'm I'm excited to see what AJ does. The last time the Sox traded for an AJ, they won the World Series. So I'm just going to leave you know, it at that. I'm a fan of AJ's, so I think it's going to go Nobody over well. talks about the fact that it's AJP. Yeah, same AJP. Trade for an AJP Matt. from a National League West team? And you win the World Series. That that's just what the last time the White Sox traded for an AJP from a National League West team, they won the World Series. You know, we'll leave it at that, okay. and then we'll move on to our next ticket item, which we've been on this for a while, but it's a big deal. Uh, to a lesser extent, less excitement anyway. Zach Collins was traded uh, two days ago for backup catcher Reese McGuire from the Blue Jays. Flat out, straight up trade. Um, you know, he's a good defensive catcher, you know, he's not going to smack the ball out of the park constantly, but he's a decent bat. You know, it's, it's a pretty good trade because Zach Collins has kind of materialized into nothing. So I'm not too upset with it. I think more people are going to be a little bit upset when they hear a little bit about Reese McGuire's social life, but that's a conversation that has to come (laughs) up at some point. Does does it? 
does it like does that really need to come up he's your third string catcher right now how much of an issue is that i don't think he's a third string i think he's our backup catcher would you agree with that Vinny, or do you think he's third string um i think cufo cufo shufo shufo i was like training myself how to say it earlier it's pronounced shufo i believe um Yes. Now that I think about the White Sox pronunciation guide, it was Shufo. Yeah, it's Shufo. And that's why I was like sounding it out to myself like a first grader learning a new word. But I think he he's made some good plays in spring training. He's got an arm. He could keep guys from running out. I'm not sure about his bat. He had a nice sacrifice bunt today against the Cubs. And that was still when major league players were playing for each side. It wasn't awful like a reliever or, you know, the B string defense. Um We'll see what this Reese McGuire kid can do. He's got plus defensive analytics, but, you know, I don't live and die with analytics. I use them as a tool in addition sure. to what I watch on TV or yeah. at the game in person. Um, I don't live and die with it, like I said, but, you know, Sebi Zavala's in the mix, but I'm not sure the trade means well for Sebi Zavala. Um, Shufo has played well in spring training. Part of me thinks they're going to take Yasmani Grendahl's opinion into consideration with this a little bit. I'm sure, sure his leadership will be, you know, taken into consideration quite a bit. Uh, Zach Collins and Reese McGuire both failed first round picks. I don't even necessarily know about failed. They're both like quadruple A players. You know what I mean by quadruple A? Like you, you don't you're too a little too good for triple A. Like if Zach Collins yeah. went to triple A right now, he'd hit 300 and hit a bunch of bombs like Jake Bird. Like he'd be like a Jake Berger type guy. But um, Reese McGuire, if he could come in and play good defense, then I'd probably prefer him. But if Shufo is playing good defense, I don't care if whoever's Yasmani Grandal's backup hits 0.050 and, you know, hits maybe one lucky bomb that they ran into because it was a good barrel. And, you know, that's their offense for the season. I don't care. Right. You know, because Grandal's going to hit 25 to 30 bombs. He'll probably bat like 240, but his on-base percentage will be in the high 300s and his OPS will be in the 800s. So... You know, that's where I stand on the backup catcher. It's basically two teams hoping that their backup catcher situation flopping. Yeah. Yeah. Can kind of get them going. Well, hey, but never know. Justin in the chat brings up a great point about Yaz DHing, right? Yaz is an offensive catcher. We all know this. You know, yeah, I've oh yeah. I've talked at length about it, right? All last but, season. But when Outside you look of at the framing, but when we get robot right. umpires, Yasmani framing isn't going to do jack crap anyway. Uh, I Personally, I don't think he's that good of a framer either, but that's just my opinion. Again, we yeah. don't live and die by the metrics. We live and die by what we see. You know, mm -hmm. that's what my eyes see. Your eyes may see differently, and we're all entitled to those opinions. But at the end of the day, what the metrics say, right, is when we look at Yasmani Grandal defensively, right, it's almost identical to what Reese McGuire put up defensively last year, right? So you now have a backup catcher that's not a drop-off at all. You know, we'll see. Again, this is assuming he gets the backup job, and this is assuming that everything gels with his starting pitchers, right? Because we all know that what happens with your battery, like totally. it can get weird sometimes if guys aren't on the same page. But, you know, if we're looking just at the metrics, we're now talking about being able to defensively stay the same while offensively potentially getting better in games when Yaz needs to rest the legs, right? It's definitely an advantage. It's an upgrade over Zach Collins for sure because, I mean, metrics are not. We can all look at Zach Collins and say he was not up to snuff behind the plate for no, whatever reason. For bad. whatever reason. And, and that's it, just at the plate too. 
like okay so if you can upgrade one of those two areas defensively is probably just as important as offensively but from your catcher you know this is a guy who's going to be batting eight or nine in your lineup are you really that concerned about his offensive production like you said Vinny, you don't care if he's batting oh five oh like let's just be able to give Yaz a day off and be confident about it. So Absolutely. I think and that's a good move for sure. At least someone like Sebi Zavala, there was that one game I was there. It's probably the only loss that I was at last year that was like awesome. And you oh, know, the three he, homer he, game. He yeah. When Sebi went off. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he we hit three were there. Bombs. I was there with my he, dad. He, yeah. He hit a bomb. That's right. That's right. I remember that for sure. Um, I came over and saw you guys. It was what just a crazy game. Um, he ran into one at the field of dreams, you know, he smacked one in the corn, big reason the white Sox won that game. He drew the walk in the ninth inning that allowed TA to hit the walk off, you know, a two Oh, two walk. He drew four straight balls to draw a walk and TA walked it off, you know? So at least Zavala has a chance to do that. We weren't seeing much of that from Zach Collins at all. And I'm not going to lie guys, former Sox first round pick. I hope he succeeds with Toronto. I do. I'm not yeah. going to be mad or salty sure. if there's something that goes on over there that clicks with him. I'm not. Yeah, I won't be upset either. But, you know, at the end of the day, they're just trying to get anything for him right now. And, you know, they got something. So we'll see. We'll see if they – we'll see if it sticks. We'll put it that way. But we covered a lot in our opening. Um, so we're getting back to the segmented portion of our show. And we're going to dive into a portion of the show where we talk about our lovely manager, the, the speed demon himself, Tony LaRussa, in a segment called LaRussa's Locker. All right, boys. The question in this week's LaRussa's Locker, since we don't have anything to technically critique Tony on just yet is how does Tony handle the rotation with Lance Lynn out for basically one and a half to two months? You know, obviously we've seen what he's done to start the season. Uh, A video segment from Gonzo later on for White Sox weekly will detail the starting rotation to start the year, but I'm curious, uh, Vinny, we'll start with you. What do you think is going to happen? What is Tony going to do with this rotation? to make up for the giant hole that is Lance Lynn. Yeah, so Lucas Giolito is going to start on opening day. Cecil go two and Kopech three. That was confirmed. So yep. I think until mid-May when Lynn comes back, those will be your one, two, three. Um, I believe that this isn't going to be fun to hear, I think, for fans attending opening day. Um, I think Keiko will be a four. You know, he's going to be the guy who starts game four and they'll probably use Reynaldo Lopez as the number five. That's what I would do if I were Tony LaRusso. I know a lot of fans aren't really confident and I think they're more confident in Lopez than Keiko. But if Keiko has one thing going for him, it's the fact that he is like a four or a World Series champion, former Cy Young award winner. Like he has that pedigree in him. Where if it was a guy, if it was two guys struggling just the same, but one had a World Series championship and a Cy Young award and the other had neither, you would pick the guy with the hardware to maybe make a comeback if you had to choose one. I'm not confident in it. I personally think by the end of the year, Keiko will be back in the bullpen or, you know, whatever they decide to do with him. But, you know, until Lynn comes back, hopefully Keiko can just kind of tread water a little bit. 
Um, Michael Kopech's emergence into a starter, I think, has to be the biggest key here. I mean, we know what Dylan Cease can do. Someone replied to my tweet earlier today saying that Cease needs to break out this year. Cease kind of broke out last year. Cease was outstanding in the second half of last season. Yeah, very quietly, yes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he was third in the American League in strikeouts. And he led the White Sox, a team with a bunch of fireballers and strikeouts. I mean, the White Sox are almost entirely built on power pitching. And he led that group in strikeouts. And he's the only player who made 32 starts. Giolito made 31, so it's close. But, you know, the 32 starts, that's once every five days of a baseball season. He's reliable. Um, We know what they can do. There was a point last year where every single one of the top four guys was their best pitcher. I would say in August, Cease was their best pitcher. Uh, In September, Giolito was absolutely their best pitcher. And then I would say that in the first two months of the season, and then kind of just if you were to like take the whole year, Lynn and Rodon. So no Rodon. Kopech needs to move in. There's no crochet to make spot starts. That's tough. But, you know, maybe they go out and trade for a Frankie Montas or Montas. I hope so. Um, Someone was talking about Chris Paddock from the Padres who now that they got Manaya, they're looking to move Paddock. Paddock was awful last year. Awful. He might be cheap, though, and he was really good in the two years prior. So that could be something, you know, like a reclamation. An Ethan Katz, perfect type of guy, right? So, you know, that's what I would do until Lynn comes back. They need him to come back, though, and they need him to come back well. I wouldn't take any shortcuts with his return. Get back healthy Lance Lynn. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. you got to let him come back healthy. Like, that's a big a big part of all this, but I mean, they did add two guys into this bullpen with starting experience. I'm, I'm sorry. Three possibly does, uh, does Bennett Sousa have starting experience? No, not even in the minors. I, don't think so. I was, I was confusing him with a different, uh, player. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, yeah, they added Vince Velasquez. Oh, of course. So <laughs> that guy can go play at triple A, <laughs> <laughs> but they added Kendall Graveman. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. That was uh, early before the lockout, right? Or oh, was that right late after. Last year? Right after the lockout. Okay. Um, was it Graveman? before? Graveman. Graveman was before. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that's what it? I thought. Joe Kelly. Okay. Never... Joe Kelly was after. Right. right. I'm wrong. Joe, well, Joe Kelly's not going to start for us, <laughs> but no, he was a great yeah, pickup. Really. I like that. He might try um, to fight Correa now that they're in the same division again. <laughs> you know what? I'm down with that. <laughs> That'd be awesome. But no, uh, Vince Velasquez and Kendall Graveman are both guys with starting experience that the Sox have added in this offseason. They are guys who I would not be surprised to go out there and make spot starts as openers, not as true starters, as I mentioned before. Um, Guys that, you know, you just need to eat three innings at the beginning of the game and not give up anything dumb. And those are guys I think you can count on to do that. Um, Velasquez, maybe not quite as much as Graveman, but... I still think it's it's a legitimate possibility. And Velasquez has shown flashes in his career. He has been a good pitcher at times. His difficulty comes in, you know, something that we preached a lot about at the beginning of last year with these young guys is consistency. He hasn't been able to string it together for periods of time. So if if you only need one good start out of him, you might be able to get it from him if you've got him in the right headspace, if, uh, you know, Ethan Katz can work his magic again. So, Zim, I have a question for you about Velasquez. Sure. 
He started today against the Cubs. I keep going back to that game today against the Cubs just because I feel like a lot of relatable things happened that yeah, yeah. Help influence what's going on this year. Uh, he went, he had no hits through three innings and then he gave up one. Um, once he gave up one, um, it all I, believe, spiraled. I believe it was Rafael Ortega. He hit like a double that scored the runner. I, Saya Suzuki might have had something to do with it. And then yep. Tony Larusa took him out, put in some guy who didn't have a name on his jersey, and he gave up a three-run bomb to Wilson Contreras on the first pitch. Right. Like, I'm wondering if you see Velasquez as, as a potential like opener. Like, can he get through the lineup? No, one that's time? exactly it. He's a guy who will get you through the lineup one full time. He will give you three innings if that's what you need from him. Like, and that's what I say. Like. The second time is sketchier with him. You know, the third time is probably not happening. But that's something we saw all of last year with the starting rotation. It's like they were able to get you one time. For sure, they were able to get you one time. Second time through, it was dicey, but usually they made it. You know, a, a lot of those games. I mean, shoot, even look at Rodon's uh, no-hitter. I mean, that second time through the lineup was not very clean. Now, the third time, he was starting to feel it, so it got a lot cleaner. But, you know, it, that, that second time through the lineup has plagued these guys. Almost never did they make it to even the third time through the lineup. So that's why I don't think you count on any of these guys for that. That's why it's not hard to schedule somebody in as an opener because you only need three innings out of them. And then you just make it a bullpen game at that point. It kind of sucks. But if you've got a guy, you know, that can eat some innings available the next game, you know, you got to maybe Kopech's not the best example, but he can eat innings if he's on his game. If you got Geo the next day, he can definitely eat innings. If you got Cease, we saw him be the most consistent at getting to that third time through the lineup last year. So, yeah, I I, I just I think Tony's going to use every weapon in his arsenal, and he's not going to hold back. I love it. I'm with and you, man. You got to step on people's throats this year. You know, last year they – we're trying to like hold off to the playoffs and they got smoked by Houston. Go, you know, try to get home field advantage, try to make the world yeah. series run through guaranteed rate field. Yeah. You want, you want to make people have to deal with the wrath of the blackout because that was pretty sick. I, I hope that's the case too, but um, man, I'm, I'm just looking forward to the whole thing, man. I, you know, at the end of the day, Tony La Russa, he pulls the strings and uh, he's been there a few money, few more many times than we have. So uh, I trust him, hook, line, and sinker. So let's see what what the old man can do this season. That sounds terrible when you say it that way, but um, gotta love it. Gotta love it a hundred percent. And you know, before we we get rolling, we're gonna get into our next segment of the show. We're gonna talk about the stuff that got us excited this week, what we're looking forward to, and we're gonna dive headfirst into our put it on the board segment. Yeah, there's a lot of good things going on this week for the White Sox across the board. You know, we can put it could be a put it on the board player, could be a put it on the board front office person, whatever you want to do. Uh, Zim, I, I, I let Vinny lead off last time, so why don't you lead the way here? Uh, who is your put it on the board person of the week? Well, it says here in our notes, Rick Hahn, so I'm going to go with that. But in all reality, he pulled off two big trades that needed to happen. He got something when he needed something out of Zach Collins, who seemed kind of like a lost cause for a moment. And in addition to that, he managed to pull off the trade for the outfielder that 
we kind of thought might be coming, but he made it happen when it needed to happen. We saw Vaughn go down. It got scary for a second there. We didn't know what was going to happen. <coughs> Excuse me. And you just got to kind of roll with the punches when it happens. But at the same time, he did something. Okay. He did something that really uh, altered the course for this team for the rest of the season. Now, Joe's just put something on the screen here. We got some breaking news coming through. The Detroit Tigers have acquired Austin Meadows from the Rays. Uh, you guys want to riff on that for a minute? I know of Austin Meadows. I do not know uh, in depth much about him. It's an interesting trade because they gave up Paredes. And he was good for the Tigers last year. He's like a younger player, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Meadows, Meadows was traded with Glasnow or for Glasnow. Glasnow was like a prospect that nobody had ever heard of before except for Pirates yep. fans. And, you know, he turns into a Cy Young level pitcher with the Rays and then Meadows goes back to the Rays. I hate that trade for Detroit only because what do what do the Rays know that Detroit doesn't? Like you gave up Meadows for Paredes. Eh, it's hard to make trades with the Rays in my opinion. They're like making trades with Bill Belichick and the Patriots if you want to take yeah. it over to football. Like the Rays front office has been very good about letting players go at the right time. Exactly. Yeah. And then Heim Bloom, have a, yeah. Heim Bloom left the Rays to go to the Red Sox. And now the Red Sox started operating like the Rays with mon more money. And they yeah. made it to the ALCS in year two of him being in town. It's like, oh, we traded Mookie Betts for Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro is going to put up similar stats and nobody's going to even talk about it. Like, and they got prospects on top of it. So the Ray, make, Rays making trades, that's interesting. I don't love having Meadows in the division, though, at the same time. So I guess just real quick. For We're going to see a lot of them. We are. Yeah. Just real quick for Meadows. 142 games played. Uh, 121 hits in those games. 106 RBIs. 27 home runs and a 234 batting average. Let's see. Where's his war sitting at? Uh Oh, why can't I find the total? It's got to be up there with stats like, <clears throat> excuse me. It's got to be up there with stats like that. Yeah, you would think so. I can't find specific. Yeah, maybe uh, the Rays, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the Rays just trying to shred some salary or something, moving a good player like that. I mean. War at a oh. 2.0, so nothing really too bad. Here's here's the stinker with him. His defensive wins above replacement was a negative 1.1. The so, Rays don't well, like that one good. bit. No, that's good for us. That's why we traded him. Yeah, well, and and that's just it. It's it's the same. It's the opposite side of the of the coin with what I was talking about in the AJ Pollock trade. You take a guy who's better, well rounded than a guy. Or even even when I was talking about in the um, uh, Reese McGuire trade, you know, you yeah. you take a guy who's all around pretty good over a guy who's a liability on one side of the ball. It's very true. I mean, uh, it, it's, I don't like, 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 like Vinny said, I, I don't love seeing him all year long, but you know, with the defense, the defense like that, you know, I think that might be in our benefit. You have also have Javi Baez on the team who for as much as people call him El Mago, he likes to make L errors a lot as well. So, yep. um, you know, that team is going to be really fun to watch some games and really infuriating to watch others for their fans. That's for yeah, it's sure. going to be sloppy. Sloppy Tigers defense this year, I think. But we'll see what happens. They got a lot of quality young players. Week week yeah. one for series. Be yeah. very sloppy. Yeah. Be sloppy this weekend. Yep, for sure. And I know the breaking news interrupted your thoughts, Zim, but why don't you quickly 
dive back into your mindset about your player of the week or your person of the week. Yeah, just Rick Hahn getting what the team needed when they needed it, um, acquiring the positions of need that you know we've already talked about on the show, or I'm sorry, that y'all have already talked about on the show. Um, you know, with that backup catcher position being addressed, with that outfielder position being addressed, um, and even getting a leader, a potential leader in the clubhouse. So that's my guy, Rick Hahn, for uh, probably the first time ever. I'm I'm really stoked with him making back-to-back moves and not really excited about one and really confused about another. Yeah, no, it's it's great stuff out of Rick, and he's he's a great nominee there as well. Uh, Vinny, who's your put it on the board person of the week? I'm going to go with Jimenez. Um, back to that stinker of a game against the Cubs earlier today. The first two at-bats he had, he hit the ball to the warning track both times. And the first one, the ball, if you watch the swing, the ball had no business going to the warning track. He literally put his hands out in front of him and just swung like he you know, didn't know how to play baseball ever. And the ball went to the freaking warning track. I mean, this guy is so strong. He has power unlike any young White Sox player ever had. I know Frank Thomas played for the White Sox. I know Shoeless Joe Jackson played for the White Sox. I know Paul Konerko played for the White Sox. Eloy Jimenez has the chance to hit 50 bombs if he stays healthy and doesn't slump. He is so good at hitting. I don't care if he makes... 15 errors in left field this year. He will more than make up for it with his offense. He accidentally hit it to the warning track. And what does he do later in the game? He hits a complete bomb opposite field. You know, some of these to the warning track are opposite field. Some of these home runs are to opposite field. Some of the home runs are, you know, to the right field, I guess you would say, or him pulling it. He, He hits opposite field home runs too. He can just use all fields to his advantage and if he stays, the only thing he's battling is health. There's nothing that can stop Jimenez from having MVP level offensive numbers. Well, it, I'm not sure if he'll ever win an MVP because he's so bad in left field. Like today, there was a play <laughs> where he let one drop in, where like a typical left fielder probably would have been able to run up and make the catch. And I wasn't even slightly mad about it. The Cubs got to run because of it. And I wasn't even slightly mad about it. And it's also spring training. But, you know, I just, yeah, he can't stop at the wall. He can't. Yeah, exactly. I agree with this comment. Stop at the wall. <laughs> Don't try to karate chop it. Don't dangle from it and tear your your chest muscle here. Just don't run into the fence, the the mesh that keeps the fans safe from foul balls. Don't do that, Eloy. You can hit 50 bombs and have 100 home RBIs. I truly believe that. So he's he my, you know, player white or what do we call it? put it on the board moment of the week, player of the week. Uh Jimenez. He's amazing. And, and you got Dylan Cease with him. It's one of the greatest trades in White Sox history. Talking about Rick Hahn, uh, for sure. Yeah, and this is this is a guy that he got injured in spring last year, and he came back. You know, the tail hand half of the season last year, he didn't get a spring when he came back to get his. You know, I mean, he got to play in the minors, but he didn't. Ha- I mean, the time he's getting right now, even though it's a shortened spring, he's still getting some time to work on all his stuff, and he's had a longer yeah. off season he's to work on his. Too. He's heating up. So I think that's exciting for me uh, going into the season starting and seeing him red hot. And I, for my player of the week, I'm, I'm going to go with Michael Kopech. You know, he made his spring debut. Uh, he gave up one run in two innings. One of them was a, a home run in his first at bat. But, you know, he, he settled down and uh, he looked really good after that. 
and you know it's he's it's his first time throwing stuff around. He's finding his pitches. Vinny's shaking his head. <laughs> I, I, I'm just—he's so nasty. He's I nasty, mean, and he looked nasty once he settled down. So it's encouraging for me knowing that he's going to be a starter now. And then he had a limited spring, but I'm okay with that. But uh, I'm just excited to see you know Michael Kopech doing Michael Kopech things, and uh, that really really excites me. So he's my put it on the board player of the week, gentlemen. Great choices across the board. Um, so yeah, I mean, I love it. Let's let's keep moving. Let's keep this train of moving for the show. And we're gonna go into our segment, which is, you know, of course, our buddy Chris Gonzalez was unable to join us this week. He's got, you know, the next four weeks he's got some stuff to do for his career, and we totally support him in that. But he was kind enough to to send us a little bit of a um uh White Sox weekly uh news package, if you will. So without further ado, let's dive into the White Sox weekly segment. We'll do our picks to click afterwards. But uh, here's a little word from our buddy Gonzo. If it, would, it would help if I played the video. So uh, here, <laughs> where'd it go? I can't find it. Here it is. Here it is for real, the White Sox weekly from Chris Gonzalez. Yo, what's up, everybody? This is White Sox Weekly, and this is your man, Gonzo, here. And now to begin the opening season for the White Sox, um, it's going to be a three-game series starting Friday through Sunday. And uh, for the White Sox, Tony just announced that the starters are going to be Lucas Giolito on Friday, Dylan Cease on Saturday, and uh, Michael Kopech on Sunday. Three prominent righties from the top of our rotation right now are going to be squaring off against the Tigers. Um, Detroit has only announced that Eduardo Rodriguez, who is their top free agent signing from Boston this offseason, is going to be starting Friday. And he's a southpaw, and I would absolutely foresee the Sox lineup absolutely having batting practice off of him. Um, I'm going to take a guess that Casey Maiz and uh, Scooball are probably going to be following him Saturday, Sunday would be my guess. Um, for the matchup, I would definitely be really if that's the, if Maiz goes on Saturday, it'd be a really interesting matchup with Dylan Cease versus him. Um, out of our three Sox pitchers, though, um, I think all three of them have really great performances. Gilito and uh, Cease have also had really great careers versus Detroit, and I would definitely see them uh, begin the uh, this season with great performances. Um, as far as Detroit goes with their lineup. Um, you know, you have Miguel Cabrera still as a veteran in their lineup. Um, really great bet. Um, or, uh, Javier Baez playing shortstop. He was a, their top signing for their positional players from the Mets. And his K rate has always been high. So I hope he continues to have the that trend um, of striking out with our righties. Um, and then the rookie, um, Badu. Um, he's a right-handed outfielder and he had a really great rookie season. I'd... I'd, I'd probably put money that he's going to start the season hot. Um, but as far as anything else, um, the news, Lance Lynn having his surgery with his torn meniscus out 46 weeks, but hopefully we get him back. And the good news is that his arm should be healthy for Soxtober in the fall. Um, let's keep our fingers crossed that he comes back healthy and dominant as he's been. And then missing uh, Garrett Crochet is going to be a hard loss from the South Partner bullpen, but Signing 
Kevin Graveman and um, Joe Kelly is depth that now is starting to pay off, hopefully. Um, and I'm really hoping big things from this White Sox lineup as they start the year in Detroit. Should be a great series. Guys, back to you. Thank you, Gonzo, for that report. Appreciate it, buddy. And as always, we miss you on the show. Thanks for doing that. But, yeah, guys, a big series against the Tigers coming up this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, opening weekend. It's the Christmas of sports. And, uh, you know, Giolito coming up on Friday, big on the bump. Personally, I'm looking forward to seeing him going all out in a full game and uh, against that Tigers team, which has some good young talent. But as we mentioned, it could we get a little sloppy in this game. You know, Zim, how are you feeling about this series this weekend? All right. I'll mute there for a moment, but, um, you know, I think, I think that Gonzo really nailed a lot of it. You know, it's going to be really good for our pitchers, uh, to get a, a divisional series against an opponent that, uh, frankly should be inferior. Um, they should really, that our batters should really be able to tee off on these guys. They did well to do that last year. Um, hopefully they pick up right there again. And honestly, I mean, I'm just excited for some baseball. <laughs> at the end of the day, it's it's time for baseball. After all the BS we went through this offseason, we finally get some meaningful games that we weren't even sure were going to happen two weeks ago. Right. So, you know, it, I, I don't have much to add. I, I know that's kind of a boring answer, but it's a it's a pretty straight up series. Uh, you yeah, know, everything can get weird against divisional opponents. But when you're playing somebody who's you know, you're clearly head and shoulders above who's clearly kind of desperate going after these uh, middling defensive players, you know, just to try to get some kind of offensive spark for their team. Um, that usually doesn't end well, uh, just historically speaking. Yeah, we've we've seen it uh, in, in our own backyard. So sure have. Well, that's all I really got. How about you guys? <clears throat> Vinny, any final thoughts on this Tiger series this weekend? I'm worried. I'm not going to lie. I think, uh, you know, my boss at Fansided is a Tigers fan. He was calling them third place team. And I I, I don't agree. I, I Minnesota added Correa, but they added Correa and they traded Donaldson for Sanchez. Sanchez will hit 30 home runs and be just a trash player every other at bat of his season. So yeah. I'm not as high on the twins as a lot of people. Their bullpen, I, I, their pitching, just they're going to score a lot of runs. There's no doubt about it. But I think the Tigers are too, and they have better pitching. And mm -hmm. I like their younger players a lot more. And they were the second best team in the division last year behind the White Sox all year, except for the first month when they were terrible. And because they were so terrible in the first month and a half of the season, they ended up coming in third instead of second. And they trailed the Cleveland Indians, who are now the Guardians, by six games, I want to say it was, that they came in third mm -hmm. by. So uh, I'm not saying the White Sox are going to lose this series. They're a better team than the Tigers, but they added Tucker Barnhart, and they got Erod now. I, I think he's either opening day starter. Did they name Miser? Yes, he Stable? is. Yeah, yeah, yep. they did. I, that's what Gonzo said, right? So it's just like, you know, the pitching matchups are – they're not even. I think Giolito's better than uh, Erod and – We'll see what Mize becomes. He has a potential to become like a superstar pitcher. I do believe that. I see a lot of Garrett Cole in him. But, you know, he might not ever be that good. That's some high praise. But, you know, Detroit's going to be 
something soon, and I'm not happy about it. And I, I my initial reaction was not liking that trade for Detroit at first, but that one confused me. I'm gonna have to do some serious studying about it, you know, once this show's over and really put my thoughts into it because this is this is gonna be interesting. I'm excited for the series though, no doubt. Favors Detroit at home, I guess. You know, you never want to yeah. be on the road if you can choose, but you know, the White Sox played okay on the road last year. I think playing on the road this year is going to be – there's going to be an emphasis on it. So I'm hoping they get off to a good start. Uh, it sucks they're going to miss Anderson for two out of the three games. Yeah, but he'll be back for the home opener, and that's what they want. So yep. you know, we'll see what happens. But, you know, I, I like the I like their chances this weekend. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing some real ball, and I think that's what we get all, get all giddy about. But, gents, let's move to our pick-to-click segment of the show – we have a fresh slate, gents. We are back to zero. There's nobody in the lead. No horse has won at this point just yet. But last year's winner was, of course, our very own Gonzo, Chris Gonzalez. He murdered us all by a mile with his pick victories last year. There was year. an we asterisk. I was only for half of it. That's right. That's right. Vinny was only here for half of it, but he's it's still true. lost. <laughs> um <laughs> But, you know, Gonzo is the winner, of course, gets first dibs at his pick for the pick-to-click for the first week of the season. And you could probably guess who he chose. Excuse me. Terrible time to get a belch. Uh, But my buddy Chris Gonzalez went with Luis Robert for his pick-to-click heading into this weekend series against the Tigers. So I can't say I fault him with that. Uh, we'll go in the order of the standings from last year for our picks this week. Um, so I believe I came in second. No, I came in third. Zim, Zim surprised. No. Anyway, I made a I run at the end. I, I believe Zim I believe did make a run the at final the end. order was Gonzo, myself, Joe, Vinny with an asterisk. I believe Vinny's winning percentage yeah. was higher than Joe's. It was though. high. So we'll give Vinny third. We'll give you second choice. So, Zim, who are you going with okay. for your You're, pick click? We're confident in this before I make my pick. We're confident in this decision. It, yeah, that's, yeah, that's fine. fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. I'm not going right. to get my panties in a bunch about it. All right. Well, we only have three games between now and then, so it's it's safe to pick a pitcher, I think. Um, so I'm I'm going with our opening day starter, Lucas Giolito. I think I like he's him. gonna. I think he's gonna come out. Uh, uh, what's what's the word way to put it? That's uh, a little more PG. Uh, yeah, guns a blazing would be good. He's he's gonna uh, put the things on the table and just let the other guys know they're there. You know, and he's gonna do it, and he's gonna do it with confidence, and it's gonna work. Uh, I'm not saying we're gonna have our first ever opening day no hitter. Uh, but I am saying <laughs> that Lucas Giolito is going to have a heck of a first game of the season. I think he's done nothing but improve in, you know, from 2020 opening day to 2021 opening day. Uh, you know, he reduced the number of runs that he gave up uh, by five from year one to year two. So if the trend continues, he will pitch so well that he will actually put three runs on the board for us. So there, there you it, have Jim. it. My pick is Lucas pick. Giolito. Good stuff right there, man. How about you, Mr. Vinny Parisi? Who are you going with for your pick to click? 
My initial thought was I wanted T.A., but he's only playing in one of the three games. T.A. is a Completely tone setter. Completely agree. He's a tone setter. He always plays well in the first game of the season. He just whenever you need, whenever I think of like doing something first, Tim Anderson like comes to mind. Like I, I picture him getting the first home run. I picture him getting the first, you know, the first RBI, the first hit, like everything that describes something coming first. I start and end with T.A. But he's not going to be there. And if he was worthy of pick of a pick to click in his one game. I'm not going to be mad about not picking him because that would just mean they absolutely destroy the Tigers on Sunday. So I'm going to go with somebody I praised earlier in the show, and that is Eloy Jimenez. I need to see Mr. High Mom himself go out there and just get off to a great start. Don't karate chop any walls. Don't jump into any fences. We don't need to see that, Eloy. Just go out there and swing your bat, and you will do damage against this Detroit Tigers team. I'm picking you, Eloy. Thanks, Cubs. Thanks, Cubs. We'll use that sound drop a lot this year. Um, I love it. I love it. And you would think, you know, there's there's one big name left. He's the MVP toe of the team. And I'm not going to choose him for my pick to click. Um, I'm, I'm going to leave him be on the side of the road because I'm just – I have a feeling in my bones about this guy. I'm, I'm all on the train. Mm-hmm. We talked Do about it. him earlier in the show. I'm going to go with AJ Pollock for my pick to click this weekend. I'm feeling good about it. So, quick recap on the bottom of our screen. You know, my pick to click for the week AJ Pollock. Zim's going with Lucas Giolito. Gonzo with Luis Robert. And Vinny going with Aloy Jimenez. All great options. We'll see what happens. I am uh, I'm most excited about this because. I haven't been this excited to make a pick to click and not pick Jose Abreu in like the longest time. And I'm not to say that I think Jose is going to do bad this weekend. I just, I don't know. I feel good about AJ Pollock. So I'm going to go ahead and do that. You know, and Gonzo picking Jose Abreu for like seven straight weeks last year is the reason he pulled so far ahead. I kind of like having nobody with Jose Abreu to start the year. It's a little more fair. I agree, man. Very true. I, I think very it kind true. of said the, the tables are, are very evenly stacked right now. So we'll keep it up with that. It's some fun stuff, man. So that's our pick the click segment. And we are starting to approach the tail end of our show, but we get to our fun segment, the hot take. And of course, it's a segment we like to call the guaranteed take. Yeah, so the guaranteed take. Yeah, that music gets you in the vibe, doesn't it? Oh, it's really, I'm bumping really, right every now. time. Really good stuff. It has me bouncing every single time. But uh, you know, the guaranteed take of the week. It's a it's a controversial question. We've kind of looked at it before the show, and you know, we're going to react to it now. But can the White Sox can win the World Series with their current rotation? True or false? Steven Zim Zimmerman, I'll let you start. True. But with, you know, a little bit of a caveat there, you know, every guy has to pitch to his ability and every guy has to stay healthy. And I mean, that kind of feels like the no duh cop out answer, but I think it's true though. Uh, Lucas Giolito was a Cy Young candidate at times last year. Unfortunately, he fell apart. Excuse me, a A little bit. 
yeah, just just a few starts here and there, but that's enough to kind of topple you. Lance Lynn, for the last three years, has been very high up there in the Cy Young conversation. He's hurt now. Um, hopefully he comes back strong and continues it. Dylan Cease, rising star. I mean, enough said. One of the best pitchers in baseball for the second half of last year, particularly the last two months. Um, Michael Kopech returning after uh, his, I'm sorry, I think it was Tommy John surgery. Um, mm-hmm. You know, pitched out of the bullpen last year, did admirably, came in for a few spot starts. Kind of shaky. Um, and then we got Dallas Keuchel, who he had a bad year last year. There, there's no way to paint it. Then it was for a sure. bad year, but it was probably the worst year of his career. You know, it, it, it's an outlier when you look at his entire career. So you got five guys there that can easily put together a, a very good, uh, a very good argument for why they should be a world series favorite, not just a world series contender. Um, so yeah, there, that's a, it, it does come with the cliche caveat of if every guy lives up to his potential, but you know, the answer is not, will this be the team that takes them or will this be the rotation that takes them to the world series? It's can this rotation take them to the world series? And that's why I say absolutely. All right, man. I, I love the optimism out of Zim. Uh, I'll go second this time because I just got to say, I, I do not think that the White Sox rotation right now is World Series worthy, especially with Keuchel and Lopez at the tail end of that rotation right now. And with us, with the sketchy health of Michael Kopech, we don't know how he's going to do. I mean, I believe me, I love Michael Kopech. I'm excited about him. I just we haven't seen him super healthy. I mean, he pitched out of the bullpen last year and he was still out for a few games you know, uh, I believe it was in July, late July. He was out for, I don't know, Vinny, what was he out for? Two weeks, something like that. Um, it was like three could, weeks. Yeah, three weeks. So we just, we haven't seen him stay healthy. You know, it scares me because he's a violent thrower. I talked about it early. I talked about it in our, our, sh- our show last week. You know, he can't throw 104 every time he throws a fastball. You know, if he wants his arm to survive, he needs to be able to pull back. Um, so I, I don't think with the current rotation that we can win the World Series. Uh, Rick Hahn alluded to it today to the press that they're going to be making moves in the summer. And I think in July, you have to make a move unless they make a move, you know, in the next three days, which is very possible at this point. But I think you need another quality starter, um, Amantas, or if it gets close to the trade deadline, someone that's available. Um, I don't know right now. I guess it depends on how teams are doing, right? Um, But I, Long story short, this team for me is not a World Series caliber team with the rotation the way it is right now, especially with Lance Lynn Hurt. When he comes back, obviously that's a shot in the arm. But uh, I definitely think some moves need to be made. So that's my take on it. Vinny Parisi, your thoughts on this question? Uh, My answer to the question is false. I do not believe that the White Sox can win the World Series with their rotation currently constructed as is. But I do believe they can win the American League. And the reason I think that is because there's not a team in the American League that is just worlds better than the White Sox going into the season. I think last year the Rays and the Astros were better, but the Rays just subtracted a 100 RBI man from their team during this show. And the Astros lost Carlos Correa. 
and their entire core is another year. They've lost a big piece of their World Series winning core every offseason in the last three years. First, it was Garrett Cole. Then it was George Springer. And now it's Carlos Correa. So they just keep getting worse and worse as the years go on. They're adding Verlander back. And if Verlander is this year's Dallas Keuchel, I wouldn't be too shocked. Just because, like, how, how long is Verlander going to be able to be missing at an uh, right. extended <laughs> age? And come back and, and, you know, it's not like he's 25. It's not like when Glasnow comes back from injury, we're all going to think he's going to be sick again. Like, he, you know, Glasnow's in his mid-20s, Verlander's in his late 30s. So, you know, there's not a team in the American League far and away better. If they got to the World Series and faced the Los Angeles Dodgers or the New York Mets, and you're starting a series with the Arias, Walker, Bueller, Kershaw, one, two, three punch, or a... um. Uh, Max Scherzer, Jacob Degrom, Chris Bassett, one, two, three punch. Yeah. Then I crazy. think if you go one and two or two and one to start that series with Giolito, Lynn, and Cease, which is possible, those guys are great. I think the world of those three pitchers, they can compete with the Scherzers and the the Bassets, and maybe Degrom's the best pitcher I've ever seen based on talent. But um, I know some of the older folks are probably mad at me for saying that, but you know what I've seen is what <laughs> I've seen. Um, I, like. The fact that the Sox have that one, two, three going for them is nice. But do I love Keiko Lopez against whoever the Mets are throwing out five and six or whoever the Dodgers are throwing out five and six? Um, the answer is no. Um, you know, you get out to a two one lead and then lose three straight because you have guys out there who shouldn't be out there. That's possible. You're it's running into the bullpen too much. That's possible. Um, Kopech and Cease have been known to, you know, have dominant stuff, but I, I still need to see it over a full season as starters into the playoffs for more than one year. Um, so I'm going to say no, but I will also leave out there. Like I said, I think they could get to the world series with this rotation just because like I said, there's not a team in the AL. like the Mariners might win the West. It wouldn't shock me at all. If the Mariners beat the West and I think the white Sox are better than them. Um, the only team in the East I'm like truly concerned with is the blue Jays who have, you know, a dynamic offense and they're building the rotation and bullpen slowly but surely. Um, I think um, the, the National League's a different story. If they go out and make a trade, then I think we're in business. I think when healthy, when Lynn is healthy, one more trade can make this a rotation that I would say true. If they, you know, even two. I'm not against going for two more starters, especially if Kopech is on an innings limit and you make them an opener and a couple starts in June or July. Um, Garrett Crochet is not there to be a long reliever anymore. He's gone. You know, see you next year, Garrett. We're going to miss you, you dirty little fellow. But um, Montes, Paddock, a little birdie told me that the Cubs signed Stroman to a cheaper deal, knowing he would only get a cheaper deal. And that this could be a situation where they trade him for major assets over the duration of his contract. The Cubs aren't fully believing that he's going to be with their team for the duration of their whole contract. If they're 20 games under 500 in September or in late July and they flip Stroman, I, I really wouldn't be too surprised because he's got two years left on his deal for cheap. A team might overpay for a guy like that. He might play all three years with them. Like who knows? But that's on their radar. So if a guy like that becomes available, you could go for a guy like that. There are just so many things we don't know yet with the with the season. Could Clevenger become available if they're unable to move Paddock, the Padres? So, you know, there are just so many guys out there to consider. I like them. Um, one more arm. 
one more arm, and then this team, the sky's the limit. You're on mute, Joe. Thank you. <laughs> I muted because my sump pump went off and I forgot to come off. So, um, but I totally agree, man. I think I think that's a very optimistic way to end this segment. And you know, let's see what Rick Hahn can do. In Han, we trust, no doubt about it. He is the man with the plan. We're going to continue to ride the hot hand. That rhymed not intentionally, but I'm a poet and I didn't know it. Um, but we've reached the end of the show. We always like to end on something lighthearted, a little bit of fun to kind of kick the tires leading into next week. Uh, before we do that, though, I do want to hype up our guest for next week. He has been a guest on South Burb Sitman last season, and he's been on Vinny's show, Crosstown Crosstalk. Uh, we have Phil Selig from Cuba Dugout coming on the show next week. We'll be talking about some of the Cuban players on the White Sox, and there's quite a few of them. Uh, he also knows the stuff about Oscar Colas and yes, uh, then and Yanis Cespedes as well. So we'll be talking about Yoki. those guys. Yes, yes. I I'm talking. I talked about his the older brother. There's too many <laughs> he, Cespedes. He does know plenty about Yanis Cespedes as well. I though. was just gonna say Selig is gonna bring up Yanis too. Don't you worry. <laughs> so we'll be talking all Cuban White Sox players and all the Cuban players in the league next week. Phil's a great guest friend of the show. If you haven't checked it out, go to cubadugout.com. We'll be talking all about him next week. It's going to be a lot of fun. So tune in same time, same place next week, which is, uh, if I did the math, that would be April 11th at 8 PM. So join us. It's going to be a lot of fun, but gents to end the show. I know, I know I can't wait, but, uh, to end the show, we're going to, going to have some fun. We talked with Alyssa earlier during the show, gentlemen, about uh, some of the handouts at the ballpark this season. So I figured we could kind of go through what our most, the ones we're looking forward to, like the favorite handout that we've seen so far that we absolutely have to have in our collection. So uh, let's, let's dive headfirst into it. Zim, let's lead off with you, man. What is the handout that you are most looking forward to this season at Guaranteed Rate Field? I'm wearing it, man. The Hawaiian shirts. Why don't you show it off to the camera real quick? Well, I got a here. Here, let me push the mic out of the way for a moment. You see, it's even got the oh, wrong shoulder. It's even got the official Beggars Pizza logo on there, so you know that it is official White Sox giveaway merchandise. I don't know how well that came through, but came through just fine. Uh, good. And it's, it's a very good looking shirt, but let's take a look at this year's Hawaiian shirt. And this is a mock-up of course, but this is what it's yes. going to look like. It's pretty sweet. In recent years, they've been more, uh, you know, the Chicago city flag colors. Uh, but my particular enjoyment for this year's is the little slices of pizza on it. They look delicious. Um, it is, they do. I do want to eat. It is shirt, a beautiful you know? shirt. Uh, I'm not sure how you can qualify. Oh, I guess there are flowers on it. Sorry. The uh, the amount of flowers has gone down quite a bit over the years. And the yes, amount of has. stuff has gone up quite a bit. So the shirts get uglier and uglier. And that might actually be my favorite part about it. It's, you know, everybody who's got one of these still has it in their closet. And they've never That's worn right. it. But it's hanging in yeah. the closet. And they, you know, you look at it and you go, you go, why do I own that? And then you go, well, I'm not going to get rid of it, though. It's too cool, man. And it's got, like and it the, says Beggar's Pizza on the left shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. And I like how it pays good tribute to White Sox heritage. 
I mean, you got the 70s logo on the pocket. They wore those jerseys on Sundays in 2012, you might remember. And yep. then, you know, the Chicago uh, cursive lettering in red, um, the Bat Boy, uh, the, the typical White Sox logo. Um, it's it's a good shirt. That's a great pick. Yeah, it's a it's a dynamite looking. Well, I mean, it's a great Hawaiian shirt. It's an ugly shirt, but it's it's a great <laughs> Hawaiian shirt. That's what that's what makes it so great. And I'm sorry, I'm looking up the exact date for this this year. That's what I'm doing right now. It's uh, June 11th. June 11th. It's a Saturday game against the Rangers, so at least you get something good out of it. <laughs> yeah, man, that's uh, so. Aldo Aldo in the chat, he said his wife would leave him if she saw him wearing one. <laughs> But where can I get one? And that's right. June well, 11th at Guaranteed Great Field. I might even buy you the tickets so you can take your wife to the game and you guys can match. How's that? And then you buy the tickets and he sends you one of the shirts. Hey, I, the I, I'm actually beginning to really like this plan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's some fun stuff right there. All right. So that's a fun giveaway. Uh, our buddy Gonzo could not be here today, of course, but he gave us his pick. And this is for the Tim Anderson uh, stock off bobblehead, which is Saturday, May 14th against the Yankees. Check that out, boys. That is pretty sweet. Zim is on mute. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm all about it, dude. I, I, I think that's iconic. And it's one of the yeah. best moments I can remember in White Sox history, at least in recent memory. It's the greatest White Sox regular season game of all time. I do believe that. I yeah. Mean, the way that Craig Kimbrell, he came in and shut it down, and then Liam Hendricks came in and blew it. He talked about it on Crosstown Crosstalk. Everybody's all-time favorite White Sox game was his worst game of the season in a year where he yeah. won reliever <laughs> of the year. Like, yeah, it's but nobody remembers weird... it. But, yeah, Giancarlo Stan and Aaron Judge, they hit bombs all the time. Like, right. You know, and he gave up bombs to two guys who are professional bombers. Like exactly, exactly. Um, and then freaking Savala draws the O2 walk and the TA. It was just perfect. It was perfect. It was, but I gotta say that the bobbleheads this year are on point. There's multiple bobbleheads that they're giving out at these games. Joe, you're a bobblehead guy, right? I I am. I am a big bobblehead guy, and there's a lot of them this year. Um, we were spotlighting before the show, Zim, you and I were talking about it yes. on the 4th of July. They're giving away this amazing captain, Paul Canerco, captain America inspired bobblehead. I mean, look at this thing. It's badass. That's awesome. I'm that not a bobblehead really guy awesome. and I want that. Yeah, that is truly awesome. I'm a Marvel it, geek and captain America. He, you know, Captain America and Steve Rogers are heroes of mine because of the way they act. And so was Paul Canerco. So that is just two awesome worlds of two amazing people coming together. Yes. And Travis in the chat says the Eloy and Robert double bobblehead. Let's take a look at that. Look at that thing. <laughs> it's one of the I got this, Eloy. <laughs> <laughs> Eloy's like, I know, Robert. I'm a bad fielder. <laughs> And uh, it's better than a bobblehead of them running into each other. <laughs> it really, really is. <laughs> and for those but wondering when they can get that moment, no fans in the stand is <laughs> so funny. Yeah. And for everyone wondering when you can get the Luis Robert Eloy Jimenez bobblehead, this will be Saturday, June twenty fifth, against the Baltimore Orioles, a one p.m. game. That is 
that's a really cool, really cool bobblehead. With you, these bobbleheads look super. Well, thank you. I do appreciate that, Absolutely. although. And uh, our buddy Travis in the chat says he's a huge bobblehead guy. I have so many from different ballparks. I'm the same way, man. I have been collecting these things since I've been a little kid. So, oh, and Zim also says you look good between two bobbleheads. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Travis says that we need to get a bobblehead of Eloy going over a wall. No, no, no. no I never want to see Eloy going over a wall again. No, 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 that, no, no. Don't at that rate, we'll get an Eloy bobble arm, and I'm not interested yeah. <laughs> in that. Nope. A torn Eloy um, bobble peck. You'll get that bobblehead, and it'll stop bobbling after four hours. <laughs> that's right um and also you know Vinny, you picked your favorite handout this season yeah. uh because your other show on the network has to do with hockey right yeah so the only sport i love equal to baseball is hockey and they took the city connect jerseys from last year the south side ones and they made it into a hockey sweater and it is just the most gorgeous looking thing. The Chicago Blackhawks and the New Jersey Devils both have a jersey that looks like this. And so the fact that it's relatable to two different NHL jerseys is just so cool to me. And I, I really hope I can get my hands on one. I don't remember the exact date of the game. I do. Um, it is Saturday, April 30th against the Angels. Oh, okay. I'm going to have to look in. If I can't make it to that one, I'm going to really try to get somebody to get me one of those because that would mean a lot. Yeah, I I love hockey and I love baseball more than anything it's a in the 3 world. 3 p.m. start, family. so it's it's a different yeah. start for a Sunday. Yeah, it is different. You know, or, it's all a Saturday, I'm sorry. It's a Saturday. All the starts are weird this year. You know, they start at 6 at night now instead of 7. So, yeah, it's, it's weird. It, and then some of the weekend games opening day starts at 3 rather than 1. So, you know, be some. There are a couple of nooners. I think they start at noon, but the, no, that's against Detroit, though in Detroit. So that would that's one there. Yeah, eh, some of the times are weird this year. We'll see how it goes, but I'm excited about that hockey one. And I mean, while we're here, tune into Bar Down every Wednesday, 2 p.m. Me, Joey, Frankie got plenty of stuff going on in the hockey world. Playoffs coming up. That's right. Leafs just played the Lightning today. It was a playoff preview, we think. And, you know, it's just getting it's getting down to the nitty-gritty as far as that's concerned. Yeah, that's right. And and, and then real quick, Vinny, let's, pre- let's appreciate the sock logo on the top of, like, the chest. Yep. That's, it's where the NHL logo nice, normally is. Yeah, it's a real nice subtle touch. I'm, I'm a big fan of that. Um, yep. So that leads us to my choice for the most anticipated bob – well, it's, for me it's a bobblehead, a most anticipated giveaway. And Travis in the chat – Says the Liam Hendricks bobble was great too. I would agree with you so much to the point that it is my most anticipated giveaway. You get Liam. Let me get rid of the comments so we can see it. But you get Liam in the Southside Connect jerseys, yeah. all fired up, one leg up in the air, ready to the, go punch somebody. The only thing that can make this bobblehead better is if it had a button on the back you pressed and it swore. <laughs> Well, we, I could probably make that myself. Dang it. <laughs> the mic's not working. Yeah, oh, I mean, man. this is just a killer bobblehead. Uh, this is going to be an early in the season giveaway. It's Saturday, April 16th against the Rays. Uh, that's going to be a one o'clock start on a Saturday. So uh, that's going to be a hot ticket item. All of these are really. 
for this whole season. I mean, there's just so many great handouts. You can't you can't get enough of them here at, at Guaranteed Rate Field. It's always great stuff. So this is the one I'm looking forward to. Uh, a couple other ones to spotlight. Yasmani Grandal gets a bobblehead day this year. Uh, you know, Zim's favorite player of all time. Uh, there is a soccer jersey, the Los White Sox handout later this summer as well. Very, very nice looking. And then another spotlight item late in the season, the last um, homestand, I believe. Let me look up the date for this last one. There's a windbreaker that is being given away. Let's pull it up while I look for the date. That's, of course, a mock-up oh, of it I right like there. That. But it's, <clears throat> Yeah, it's That's pretty cool. nice looking. That it will be given away on Saturday, September 24th. It is a 6 p.m. start. Uh, that's a pretty cool Aldo little mock-up. Aldo wants to know if any of us do a good Australian impression. I actually like to think I do if you guys want to hear. Let's hear it, man. All right, ready? This is Liam Hendricks, and you're listening to Crosstown Crosstalk on the Barroom Network. It's not bad. That's I just hear bad. it every Thursday at 2 p.m. So it's ingrained it, in my it's head. It's the intro to Vinny's yes. Crosstown Crosstalk if you guys haven't seen it. <laughs> Vinny's biggest and probably best guest of all time was uh, <laughs> Liam Hendricks. I mean, I don't know how you can ever top that. It's just amazing. Uh, just wait until he gets Frank Thomas, then I'll top it. Frank, I, I don't know. Liam definitely has more of a personality. Like, I'm not talking about my Lego collection with Frank Thomas. That's true. <laughs> you know, I could do a good Steve Irwin. That's that's uh, Australian. It's like, oh, crikey, that's a beaut. Look at that beaut. Let's get that gorgeous kangaroo. Isn't she gorgeous? Oh, next time I interview Liam, I'm talking about Steve Irwin. You just made me think of that. That was go. a really good impression, Joe. Good stuff. Ah, uh, thank you. That's okay. And Aldo says we can do something funny with the Hendrix bobblehead. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I think he's for- referring to. I think he's referring to the fact that his mouth is wide open. I don't I need to hear about that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to go back and look at that again. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Although. If I know Aldo, <laughs> that's what he was referring to. <laughs> I can't unsee that now. Thank you. Listen. But, listen. Uh, if you listen to enough uh, Dan and Aldo. Dan and Aldo, yeah. At 7 p.m. on the Barroom Network. You you learn where Aldo's going with things a little quicker than the average. Uh, definitely. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, and, that's you know that's a that's a that's a great show. You got to love Dan and Aldo. I mean, the Barroom Network as a whole. There's so many great shows, and of course, you know, there's a great schedule of programming coming up this week on the Barroom Network. Of course, tomorrow morning, uh, you have Gabriel talks football. You know, Greg Greg. Bleh, I can't even talk. Greg Gabriel. He's going to be talking Bears football, everything football. It's great stuff. You do not want to miss it. And, of course, tomorrow night, Dan and Aldo bear their souls. The shenanigans are there every Tuesday night. You don't want to miss it. Always fun. Wednesday, of course, Vinny has bar down on. It's going to be talking hockey. Um, it's, you know, it's all the greatest stuff that you could ever imagine about hockey. Vinny knows his stuff. Joey knows his stuff. Don't miss that. Then, of course, we have the the new premiere of the Mac and Reed show. That's coming up on Wednesday as well. And then Science Fliction, talking about movies, comics, you name it. It's going to be a great night. Don't miss that. And then Thursday, Vinny's back again with Crosstown Crosstalk, talking all baseball, both sides of town, and all through the league. There's a lot to talk about. 
The season's about to be here. On the eve of opening day, Vinny's going to bring you all the stuff you need. And then Thursday night, the boys from Draft on Tap will be previewing this year's NFL draft. And they just, Danny and Neil, bring the fire every single time. They know their stuff. They know their football. You do not want to miss that. So make sure you guys tune in. If you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, make sure you give us a follow or subscribe to the Barroom Network. You can catch all those great shows and be reminded of when they come on the air. Uh, make sure you give us a fire, give us a, uh, a like on Facebook because uh, you can stream our show there every single week as well, as well as on the Barroom Network page. So head over and like both those pages. Uh, Aldo says it's a great promo for the network. Great work, man. Glad to do it because we couldn't do this without the barkeeper himself, Aldo Gandia. So we appreciate you, Aldo. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Aldo says, <laughs> Dan and Aldo Bear Their Souls is the second favorite show behind this one. <laughs> so Fair thank enough. you, Travis. You know, both shows, great time. The network is a whole lot of fun. Um, gentlemen, we've reached the end of the show for real this time. So let's get into our shout outs. Uh, Zim, we'll start things with you, my friend. Uh, what do you got? Uh, let's see. Um, no, I'm just kidding. So I, I got to shout out our awesome guest <laughs> coming on for the third time. Uh, Alyssa Bergamini, um, shout out to our future guest, um, Mr. Selig for coming on. Uh, it's going to be very fun to have him on next week. I am very excited to talk some Cuban baseball. He had some great insights for us last time, and I'm really, really looking forward to next week's show. Uh, if you can't tell. So Shout outs to all of our guests, honestly. They're the ones who make this show fun and interesting. And shout outs to you, my co-host, and Gonzo, who is off fulfilling other obligations in his life. I know that that comes up for all of us. And I'm Definitely. just glad that we're able to do this. So thanks, guys. Appreciate you, Zim, as always. Mr. Vinny Parisi, what do you got for shout outs, my friend? Oh, of course, it's always my girlfriend, Katie. She does everything for me, and I'm very thankful for her. Um you know, I wouldn't be able to do this show if it wasn't for her love and support. So thank you to her. Um, She's in the open now. Yes. And, you know, thank you for that, of course. Um, uh, my mom, dad, brother Joey, always co-host Joey too. Shout out to him. And I'll also throw a shout out to my other co-host on uh, Bar Down Talking Hockey, Frank Mueller. Um, we got great stuff coming up. There are some big things planned for the NHL postseason. Um, and I'll shout out the other show too, Crosstown Crosstalk, Thursday, 2 p.m. It's opening day. It is not opening day for the White Sox, but the Cubs will be playing while I'm recording and doing it live. And we have a very special guest. It's Barstool Sports Chicago's own White Sox Dave. So he's going to come wow. on and talk to me about some of the stuff Big going stuff. on with the White Sox. I'm going to try and get him to expand a little bit on what he was feeling during the John Cusack incident. Pretty pretty hilarious <laughs> you know they got a lot yeah. of stuff going on with their partnership with the white Sox and what they do so it should be good i'm i'm excited about it i'm gonna i'm gonna get his thoughts on the miller lattes being back at guaranteed rate field too that's gonna be some fun stuff i might even be able to ask him about uh rainbow cone i'm so excited yeah, about man. rainbow cone that has that's a some left breaking right news from Alyssa, man that's good stuff yeah and she told it to us first and I tweeted it and people are enjoying it. There are people like genuinely excited about it while looking at some of these replies to it. So I can't wait. Heck yeah, man. We can't wait for baseball to start. We just hit the two hour mark. So I'll make my shout out short and sweet, but I do appreciate all of my co-hosts here. P 
huge shout out to to you, Vinny, and you, Zim, um, for for being here with me tonight. And you know, I always appreciate you guys and 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 love you guys and love talking baseball with you. A uh, huge shout out to our brother Gonzo who couldn't be here. Like he said, he's he's got stuff going on. He's a he's he's working on his career, and we fully support him there. But Gonzo, thank you for your segment portion of the show, and uh, can't wait to have you back next month. It's going to be a lot of fun. And of course, I'd have to give a, a shout out to my beautiful wife, Catherine, uh, my beautiful baby girl, Audrey, and my two-year-old Great Dane, Maverick. Uh, I love you all. You mean the world to me. And uh, it's it's just uh, it's just amazing being a dad now. So, you know, it's pretty cool. And I'm kind of adjusting to the life, but it is literally uh, better than I could have ever imagined. So uh, I love my family beyond words. So I will go ahead and leave it at that. So Again, thanks every. Oh, of course, I got to thank everybody in the chat. Thank you guys. It's been so active tonight. We appreciate the support. You know, share it with your friends. Um, we just uh, we love doing the show every week. So thank you for tuning in. Uh, for the South Burbs Hitmen, I am Joe Mandel. That's Stevens M. Zimmerman. Vinny Parisi is to my left, and Christopher Gonzalez is he's here in spirit. We'll we'll leave it at that. But we are here for you every single week. Thank you for tuning in. Have a great night. Go White Sox, and we'll see you next week with our guest, Phil Selig from Cuba Dugout. You do not want to miss it. We will see you guys then. Have a good night.